Dear Jazzy. The following program is intended for mature adults over the age of 18. If you are not a patron looking for information on sex, relationships, and gender, please visit scarletteen.org. Nothing said on this show is a replacement for official medical advice. Trust me. Last time I checked, no one here is a doctor. Welcome back to Dear Jazzy, episode 61, take two, the show where we answer all of life's kinky questions. I am your host, Jasmine Starshine. And I'm your co-host, Fonny. Fonny. Uh, so this is take two because we had a real good as hell episode, I will dare to say, last week. But guess what didn't save? The episode! And I, I cried cry. about it. I cry. I cried about it real hard. But then we rallied. And then we're doing it again this week. Yay. Bonnie, how have you been? I've been really good. Life is pretty darn good right now. Art's good. Life's good. Job's good. How are you? I am also good. Uh, we just got back from Cincinnati uh, for a body mod convention. That was really fun. And then um, the... Um, Sorry, my brain just stopped working for a second. I'm back. I came back. And then the most exciting news is we are moving forward on a house and we're really excited. We beat out 30 offers for one house. It was nuts. But we're getting it. It's really exciting. And then I have picked out my room for like my yard. (sighs) There it is. Number one. That's a big one. I am so sorry. I'm a professional. (laughs) I picked out my room for the future studio home at Dear Jazzy and also where the Puffy Paws are going to live. And it's going to be a great. Both of the Puffy Paws. Both of the Puffy Paws. We'll get into that. That's also some of my good news. Uh, Before we get into housekeeping, Fawny, do you have anything for the good of the order? Good of the order. Be good, be kind, go get vaccinated. I got my first one. Congratulations. Yeah, my arm was going to fall off. I was pretty sure, but now we're all good. So praise be to Moderna. Praise be Moderna. I'm Mm -hmm. on that Pfizer plan myself. Heck yeah. Okay, so the patrons as of last week, uh, I'm going to read those off right now. In the $1 tier, we have Damia, Fluffy Nate, Goshik's Ginpin, Mel Bent, Panda Bear, Ray Star, Red Panda Nobby, and Tone Cluster. I cannot one breath that anymore, and it's a good problem. One dollar gets you username shout out, as you just heard. Five dollar tier gets you a username shout out, as well as some porn from yours truly in the form of lewd pics. We have AB Michael, Baby L, Bliss Bunny, Brian Costa, Juicebox Lucy, Skywalker, Maxi, and the Starling family. <sighs> Fuck, it's difficult. And the $10 tier, which gets you all of the below, thank you, including an extended mm-hmm. shout-out up to one sentence and some lewd videos from yours truly. We have Ishi, let's call me Joe, who says shout-out to all the babs who have to ration their diaper supplies for dumb grown-up reasons. More on that later. And Mommy jo- m- the bleh, mommy Katrina, who writes my underwear crinkles because I'm just a little mud puppy. Classic. And Scotia. In the $15 Sinner tier, which gets you all the balloon cleaning some co-directorial input on the content, we have Kaneko, who writes Naptime Rebellion. 
And then the top $20 Deviant tier, which gets your name written on my body for all the content. We have Daddy Gray, who writes, pray for the end of white supremacy. Jamie Bell, Joe, and Sluggy. Oh my god, I love your knuckles. Does that say brand whore? My knuckle dusters, dusters do indeed say brand whore in, Fuck in, yeah. in white cursive writing. Oh my god, I love that. There's a fun note. If you are not in our Discord, you're missing out on not only the live show, but the video version of the podcast. <laughs> so if you want to see Fonny's adorable outfits and her brand whore knuckle dusters, as well as my usual long sleeve hoodie and booty shorts with messy lesbian hair aesthetic. Hey, you can tune in uh, to our discord. You can send me or Fonny a uh, DM to get yourself all set up on there. Uh, Fonny, we have a lot of housekeeping to get into before the questions. This is usually where we start the questions, but we have lots of stuff. Yacht number two. Yacht number two. Give it up for yacht number two. Okay. <clears throat> First and foremost, thank you, Joe, uh, as in let's call me Joe, for the diaper money because I was lamenting that I was having to ration in the server because uh, saving my money for the house is usually better than that. So he sent me some money for a pack or two, and I really appreciate that. And then also a huge thank you uh, to Anonymous for the Puffy Paws money. Uh, amazing. Thank you so much. Um, Puffy Paws announced that they were going to put up uh, a very, very limited amount of their wolf toy on their Twitter. And I slammed the notification button. And then as soon as it went up, I was able to snatch it. And because of the amazing generosity of anonymous so whoever you were thank you so much for that uh also we have two gofundmes that you can and should support right now if you are able to uh if you go to at oddswithgod.com under the link section we have a gofundme for our very own soup otherwise known as Lil bear uh and also one for mommy katrina uh, soups is for medical expenses and getting uh, another round of doses of his testosterone and the mommy Katrina's is to help her move out into a more stable and safe uh, living situations. So those are two really amazing causes. Uh, if you don't want to donate to me, I totally understand it. Those are better places to donate. And also funny, you're another really good place to throw money at. That isn't me. Uh, I am. I would say a better place to throw money than me, as a matter of fact. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that bitch. And then last but not least, the most exciting news. Uh, I've been talking about this kind of like hinting at it. Yawn number three. <gasps> oh, God. And let me tell you, it's been a week. It's Wednesday and it's been a week. We have a huge contest going on to help promote the show. And also... It's my 26th birthday coming up really soon. So to celebrate, uh, we here at Dear Jazzy, <clears throat> we are giving away $400 of ABU gift cards uh, as a huge, like amazing, uh, an another just staggering amount of generosity from our community here. Thank you so much to Anonymous, who asked to remain anonymous for uh, donating the funds so we could have this awesome giveaway 
how it works is we're going to give away four, count them, four $100 ABU gift cards. Uh, that is for USD. If you need it converted to another country, just let me know and we'll figure that out. Um, one of them is going to be given away on my Twitter. Uh, if you go to at Lil Jazzy Baby or at Dear Jazzy Show, you will find the post. All you have to do is follow both of those accounts and retweet it and you are entered. Uh, if you want to try your hand at the three other gift cards what you're going to do is listen to the show for the next three weeks and then email in a uh, response to some short answer questions and they're just like really surface level like well i can't like give you an example because i give it away but at a random point during the episode i'm going to lay it on you and you can send in those answers to dear jazzy podcast at gmail.com and on june 16th which is my 26th birthday i'll announce all the winners on twitter and then we can get in touch so yeah lots and lots and lots of exciting stuff did i forget anything uh, i think you've covered all the bases excellent all right well in that case Let's get into the actual content of the show, shall we? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I will read the first question, if that's cool. Yep, absolutely. Okay. Briar writes, Dear Spicy McJazzy Sauce Covered Fawny Fries, If you could host an ABDL D&D slash horror D&D, what would be the story, setting, and RNG factor? Will you roll dice like G&G or use a Jenga tower or something else from Briar? Do you remember what you said last time for this one? I don't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I'll go ahead while you think of yours because I still remember mine uh, where it was going to be a nursery, trapped in a nursery dungeon mm -hmm. um, with all sorts of things like mechanical teddy bears that are just going to like try to catch you and baby you and make you stay there forever as their little tyke ward. Um, and the RNG factor would be the um, the C and say the little thing where you pull the lever on the side and the arrow spins and it lands on a cow and it says the cow says moo you know that was a <laughs> can you do your cow sound again <laughs> no please <laughs> you have the audio uh, the software you can make it play twice if you want to okay. <laughs> I might make that so because that was a very unique moo. Have you ever heard a cow? I have. I live in Ohio. Go, of course I've heard a cow. <laughs> I mean, some of them go, but some of them go, moo. <laughs> Wait, I'm not there gonna, we go. Okay. I couldn't repeat that one. <laughs> Welcome to Dear Jazzy episode 61, the where, one where we say moo. <laughs> Welcome to Dear Jazzy's episode 61, moo. Okay. <laughs> uh, now that you have jogged my memory, um, I absolutely started writing a little D&D &D module uh, and then converted it over to Yacht Number 4. Uh, excuse me. Converted it over to Fantasia's Gate, which is the... Uh, it's a really, really thin... Uh, thin as in, like, it's a quick read to, like, get all the rules. Uh, thin and free... RPG system by the Sophie and Pudding crew, which you should absolutely check out. It's available for free online. That is Fantasia's Gate, once again. Um, I converted it to that system because Fantasia's Gate is all about 
um, instead of classes like paladin, cleric, wizard, you have roles like uh, daddy, baby, princess, wet nurse, etc. as like your classes of sort. So it's just like, oh, this would be such a good module for this. Um, and when it comes to randomization, I cannot get any better than C and say. I remember last time uh, we were talking, we brought up the speak and spell because we were yeah. we were trying to find it. <laughs> when I was listening back to the corrupted file, all I could make out was A-E-I-O-U from the speak and spell. <laughs> oh. Like, oh, God, that's fucking scary. Play with me. <laughs> so that is what I would do. And it's funny because that is um, this the whole idea of just like the nursery dungeon. That is like the exact premise of... Oh man, this is going to ruin me. What's the one choose your own adventure game? Someone in chat is going to know. It's really old and it was a text adventure game that it was literally set in a nursery, like Sunny Paws Nursery, I think. I know for a fact I'm going to get an email about it. So, if I remember <laughs> it later in the episode, I'll just like interrupt and like shout it out. But Yes, please. Yes. Uh, I think we also talked about in terms of horror. It would be really interesting to mix ABDL into something like Vampire the Masquerade. Only because <clears throat> like, nodding. Yes. the world of darkness is like, A, so cool. And B, the idea of not only having to manage like yourself as a vampire, like you have to feed and you have to do X, Y, and Z for your clan. You also have to manage like your cravings to like indulge in little space and everything. And it's like, there's so much you can do with that. It's so cool. Uh, so yeah, with that, uh, have we sufficiently answered this question? Answer was way more sufficient than mine. I think. <laughs> oh, funny. I was like, yes. Haunted nursery. See and say that's it. Yes. Uh, do you want to take the next one? Yeah, of course. This of one course. is a bit longer, um, so we're going to try our best. And it is from maybe Alexi, uh, who asks, Dear Jazzy and the Fawns, hey. Hey. Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. I'm in my mid-30s and have been in the scene a long time, and through that, my identity has changed and evolved as I came to realize more about myself and allowed myself to recognize and accept it. I identify as female, but ultimately I'm not passable, but to an extent can at least present more ambiguity even in vanilla space. At this time, I can't get HRT, and I don't want surgeries. But to the point, my question is, on top of all that, I have not been in a relationship in some time mostly due to my fixation on finishing educational and career-advancing endeavors. But even in my past relationships with kinky individuals... They were not part of my ABDL or H-Play space and sort of tolerated it instead of accepting it. But I realized at this point I really need to find a relationship with a partner that is involved with my needs as I would be preferably with theirs. I'm not great at putting myself out there and I'm a little awkward, but when I have tried it is met with minimal avail and or willful ignorance. What would you recommend I do when working towards finding a partner that will take me seriously and see me given all these factors? I am sure you've heard these before, but any advice would help. Thank you. Alexi. I remember last week we went off on this question. We just like really leaned into it. Um, Talking stick is all yours. <laughs> all right, let's do this, kids. <clears throat> 
So here's the tea. I think that's how I started it off last week. Um, the concept of passing in and of itself is entirely bullshit and should not exist in the world we live in. It, the idea of passing is entirely based in the patriarchy and reinforced by and for the patriarchy as it stands. And also for all the other systems of sexism that everyone within the systems kind of upholds in a certain way or not. So really being loud and proud, this is who I am and this is how I look. This is me is one of the biggest acts of rebellion that a trans person can have in their personal lives. I know that's the way I tried to carry myself. And there are absolutely days where I'm a lot weaker and I get really, really dysphoric. And I just like, I just can't. But there are other days where I'm able to just like put on the strong bitch face and just like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty. But the other part of passing is that sometimes in some areas, especially like in deep, deep red states, it's a matter of survival just because there are so many people that just want to kill trans people. And it is really terrifying. And it's not a problem of we should pass to survive in those places. It's a matter of those places should not be like that in the first place. So it's by no means a problem with us trans people. It's a problem with the culture in which we are bound to live in. Uh, Speaking from a purely American lens and North American lens to be exact. And what's sad is that America, despite all of its like crazy MAGA cultiness is one of the better countries. It is way, way worse. And I see like the statistics of where the listeners to the show are. And I'm just like, Oh man, if you are any flavor of queer or kinky, you will have a really hard time based on local laws and customs and everything, just because it is, it's really, really rough out there. And that's a problem with the culture. And that's a problem with the world. That's not a problem with us because we as trans people are beautiful and perfect exactly the way we are. So my advice to the first part of your question, uh, feeling like that you are not ultimately passable It's no one's business but yourself. It is entirely, like, I can't even put into words how strongly I feel about this and everything. As long as you feel pretty for you, that is enough. And if you exude that confidence, not a lot of people will want to, like, fuck with that. Or they will want to fuck with it because they're so unhappy in their own lives that they have to take a confident person down a peg show them the door and everything. So that is like, that is my vent about passing and everything and why I try my best and fail sometimes, but nevertheless try my best to not give passing and the patriarchy too much of mental rent in my head. Uh, The second part of it is that a trans person, even without HRT and not wanting to get surgeries is still 
a valid trans person and no one, no one can tell me otherwise. Um, there's so many trans people who can't get HRT right now and you're still valid. And also, uh, that's you right at this time. I don't want surgeries. Neither do I. I've been on HRT for four years now and I've been out as trans for five years and I still don't want surgeries. I'm perfectly happy with like my, with my setup and it doesn't make me any less of a woman. My parts are women's parts because they're attached to me, a woman, and they're not gendered because of the parts that they are. They're gendered because of who they're attached to. So that is really, really powerful for you to just come out and say, like, I don't want surgeries. That's awesome. Like, own that. Own you. That's great. Um, oh, my God. The chat's going off. I love you all so much. Uh, let's go into the second half of the question here. Um, I've not been in a relationship in some time, mostly due to my fixation on finishing educational and career advancing endeavors. Totally valid self-improvement and you you as yourself should always take priority that's awesome uh and then but even in my past relationships with kinky individuals they were not a part of my apdl or age play space and sort of tolerated it instead of accepting it that's a red flag when you are in a relationship with another human being or multiple other human beings if you say you love someone you should say it with your whole chest and say, I love you and everything about you. When you say I love you to another human, it means you love that person all encompassing. And I'm not one. I'm, I don't like wishy-washy passive language words. I'm a very blunt asshole of a human being. So if someone is ready to say, I love you, they better say it with their whole chest, your little space, your career endeavors, and all, all of it, all of you, it's so important. And you really should not settle for anything less than someone that says all of you, because it is so important for self-esteem and self-worth and just everything. <laughs> Joy, I'm glad you like their whole chest. I'm glad you like that as like, as like a, uh, as a saying, I picked that up from daddy actually. Um, and then you go on to say, uh, but I realize at this point, I really need to find a relationship with a partner that is involved with my needs as I would be preferably with theirs. Absolutely. A hundred. That goes along with, you know, what we just talked about is if someone fully with their chest, their whole chest says they love you, that means that they are aware and willing to work with your needs as you are able to work with theirs. If someone's not able or even worse, not wanting to meet your needs, then it's not exactly like full on unconditional love. And I have a, you know, I have a problem with that. One of the biggest, like amazing parts of my relationship with daddy is both of us really try to be uh, like conscious of each other's needs all the time. And how we do that is we communicate is there's a lot of like unsaid unwritten things in our relationship, but for the things that aren't, we really just try to communicate. See what you just typed funny, a shirt that's just my whole chest. <laughs> um, yep. 
But yeah, no, you're outlining a really, really good uh, partner here. And you have a very clear vision of what you want and what you need. And that's good. Um, That means that you'll be able to dive into the dating pool with like a very strict filter. And while it will take more time and be maybe a little bit harder, more wheat will rise from the chaff, as it were. And the results that you do find will be uh, of a higher caliber and better for you in the end. Um, I'm not great at putting myself out there and I'm a little awkward, but when I have tried, it is met with minimal avail and or willful ignorance. That's rough. It's dating is really rough, especially right now. And for the, for all of 2021 and 2020 so far, it has been awful. (laughs) The whole dating game. I've, I'm really thankful. I have not been involved in the dating pool, uh, for a long time, but Oh my God, it's bad right now. There are, you know, the biggest advice I can give is that there are dating apps out there that are very specifically BDSM and kinked and kink focused. And also FetLife can be a great place to meet people and a great place to block people. But that goes along with everything. There are so many great community hubs to meet people and to be friends with people and to let things kind of naturally develop. And also it's a great place to block people and all of them. So it can be really difficult, but finding someone who is like, can like match your level of awkwardness and like vibe with that would be such a beautiful thing. And let me tell you, our community has no shortage of awkwardness, myself included. Um, so that's what, I really have to say, I also need to take a sip of water. So I'm going to talking sick over to Fanny. Your turn. Okie dokie. Uh, yeah, as to the first part, I think Jazzy said it best, and Jazzy knows best um, that passability is a construct that should not exist. I also hate it. Um, it affects everyone, really. And it comes from like toxic masculinity and the notion that like if you are not enough of something, then you are unworthy. Where it's just like, okay, but what is that something? And why does it have to be there? Um, so yeah, like, if you say, this is who I am, uh, I think it's perfectly reasonable that people should respect you and say, okay, you know who you are, so I'm going to respect that. And use the terminology and pronouns that you'd like me to. Um, so yeah, and I think that you are... You are doing a good thing for yourself uh, in deciding that and like sticking to your guns that surgery is not for you. Um, I'm glad that you don't feel pressured and are not going to be jumping into something that you don't actually want. Very proud of you for knowing who you are. Um, And on the relationship side, Jazzy has also made a lot of really good points. Uh, You make me blush. (laughs) I make you blush in every show. It's and true. I don't know why you keep blushing when you are so right and so smart. Eee! Every every single one of your answers I want to like put up on the fridge because they're so good. Oh um, God. <laughs> it's gonna be even worse when we're together uh, in person. Oh my God, for real though. For real. Um, and then on the relationship side of this question for Alexi, 
Yeah, uh, I mean, I I treat this kink more of like a hobby for myself, so it's not really something that I put on my shopping list for finding a partner. Um, so my partner is fairly vanilla and is still like, thumbs up, go ahead, go have fun whenever I'm like, this is who I am, this is what I want to do. Um, it's not like just tolerating it, it's more so being like, that's, I guess, like a hobby that I don't particularly want to take part in. Like, I don't want to help him grow bonsai. He doesn't want to help me get into little space. So it's totally fine for both of us. Um, Because it's less of a priority for me. But if it is more of a priority for you, I fully support you having that at the top of your shopping list for finding a partner. That is a-okay. Totally valid. And yeah, kinky spaces are probably going to be your best bet. And, like, going out into public to, like, find these people might be a little hard because, like, maybe you're stepping outside of your your comfort zone by, like, going out and going to meet people. Or while the people that will really love you (laughs) are probably at home on their computers. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, make some accounts, make some friends, block some people okay to block people i just want to like highlight your body language right now you've got your knuckle dusters you're like gorgeous long hair glasses and like your whole aesthetic you're like (laughs) the vibe you give off is like the really supportive like school secretary just like oh honey block them here let me get you signed it oh you have new pronouns beautiful are you getting a name change? Oh, let me get you a new ID, sweetie. That's like totally the vibe <laughs> that you're giving off. And I'm like here for it. And I hope beautiful. that's me someday. Oh, wholesome. Is that a disturbed pin on your jacket? Oh, I really like them too. Oh, when I was your age. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That's such a cute fucking just view. We need fan art of this right the fuck now. <laughs> I know Juicebox is listening. Hey, what's up, Juice? Yeah. Well, okay. Juicebox will be listening later. Yes, he will be. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, let's go on to the next questiones. Okay. And then can you handle this one? Because it's a little bit thick. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and you have all the, uh, the follow-up to this one as well? Uh, yes, I do. Okay, awesome. Uh, So we'll start off at the very beginning then. Uh, It reads, If possible, I'd like to remain anonymous as I do not want to start any drama. Dear Jazzy and Fawny, I wanted to ask for your advice. I've been in a mommy-slash-baby relationship with my little boy for almost two years now, and recently we've run into a very big problem. I'm a switch, and I'm incontinent. Both of these are things that my partner knew when we got together. However, as of a few months ago, about four or five months, he has been having issues with both of these things. He is constantly policing what I wear so that I don't look too switchy or little, which has been which has eliminated some of my favorite clothes. And he's asking me to cover up if my diaper is in any way exposed. He says that it interferes with his little space and that both the diapers and switchiness make it impossible for him to see me as a dom slash mommy. He has even gone so far as to try to ban my plushies from the bed, asking me to put them in storage. I love him, but I don't know how to deal with these new demands. For the past few months, it's been nothing but constant bickering and fighting. I just want my little boy back, but the things he wants me to change, I can't. I feel like I'm stuck, and I don't know what to do. And then the follow-up that Anonymous wrote, 
was I suggested polyamory so that I could be cared for without interfering with him, but he's made it clear that he would be too jealous. And then another one of them was it has gotten to the point where he won't even call me mommy ever since I started setting boundaries, claiming he is having a hard time seeing me as a mommy anymore. It culminated with him sleeping on the couch tonight because he knows it will hurt me. And I'm so mad and so hurt, but I love him. And he was there for me when my best friend died. I don't know how to break things off with him, though. Not only do I love him, I live with him. I moved across straight lines for him. After uh, listening to hours of your podcast, I trust you with this question. Um, and then we asked a follow-up question regarding who is on the lease. And then uh, Anonymous responded, we're living with a friend, so neither of us are on the lease. And then uh, we go from there. Um, so... Without further ado, let's dive into this. Do you want to take the talking stick first, or do you want me to take the the, 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 the talking stick first? <laughs> there we go. Nice try, Jazzy. Thank you. Um, I'm good to go with this one, and it's a lot easier to dive into this one this time on take two because of all the context that we already have. So it's probably going to go pretty quick, mm-hmm. uh, and I can kind of like break it down for the people who might still have questions about you know, what we think about this entire situation. Anonymous Um, did uh, indicate that they're going to listen to this back as, uh, as they need strength. So let's just mm -hmm. give it our all. Oh yeah. No, I I mean to go there. Um, Hell yeah. First of all, with the policing, what you wear and getting rid of your plushies on the bed. And then not seeing you as a mommy anymore and being so selfish just to like try to hurt you by sleeping on the couch and being like, well, I'm upset. So I'm going to upset you too. Uh, Selfish, selfish, horrible, manipulative. Um, He knew, he knew that you were a switch and that you're incontinent and was still like, okay, but like, I want you to be someone who you're not quite. I want you to be my perfect ideal of a mommy. And only a mommy. Can't be anything else. Can't be a switch. Can't get into little space. That's my thing. You have to be a mommy all the time, 100%. But it's so selfish. And I'm going to, I would give the same advice that I gave last time. It's just like, leave him behind. There's there's no fixing that. He, he knows what he wants. And he's not going to get it from you. Because that's not who you are. And uh. because... You're not on the lease. You can you can leave. <laughs> yeah. If you remember correctly, last uh, last week the entire chat was going dump him, dump him, and it was really really funny. And even Daddy hopped into the show, which he never ever does, to go yeah, fuck him, dump him. That's my Daddy impression for those keeping score at home. <laughs> That's very good. Uh, thank you, thank you. Um, everything Fonny said. Everything Fonny said. Uh, and then I remember my answer last week. I led off with, if your partner is taking issue with the fact that you are incontinent, they are an ableist and they are trash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is mm-hmm. super fucking ableist uh, to be like, oh, I don't like that you have a disability. It, it, it interferes with my sexual life. What the fuck is that? That's some shit. And then I uh, last mm-hmm. week I also said, uh, subject of this question, if you're listening, fuck you, dude. Like, seriously, you suck. Um, 
and I know who this is too. So that's a very like personal dig that I'm trying to like twist there. But um, yeah, no, this is ableist as hell. And also not only that, but saying, you know, exactly what you said. Oh, this is my thing. You're not allowed to be this. This is mine. That speaks to someone who is so far down the escapism rabbit hole that they don't know how to get back out and how to function as an adult human being. Like, listen, y'all, I'm really down the rabbit hole in terms of ABDL. This is what I refer to as my lifestyle on FetLife. I have myself pegged as I live at 24 seven. This is like my thing. I'm still able to function as an adult. I'm still able to switch for partners on a need basis. Why? Because I'm an adult and I can do those things and I'm mature and well-adjusted. Fuck, I pay taxes and wear a watch sometimes. That's pretty grown-up <laughs> if you ask me. A just, watch? A watch? Yeah, I just paid the tax man. Also, thank you to all the patrons. You bumped me up an income bracket. I love you. Um, yeah, no, <laughs> it's super cool. And the tax man noticed too, sad face. But going back to the question... This person sounds completely maladjusted for adult life and completely maladjusted for love and a relationship and needs so much therapy. Needs so, Mm -hmm. so, so, so much therapy to say, to police what you wear. That literally reads as like a toxic masculine they, like those like those gross, creepy guys on TikTok that their girlfriends come in. Hey, baby, how do you like my outfit? You look like a whore. Other men are going to look at you. Go back and change. And it's just like so gross and controlling. And just like, this is the patriarchy at work. This is literally the patriarchy at work. And it's and mm-hmm. it sucks. Feminist jazzy mode. I'm going to put on that hat real quick. Uh, yeah, no, this is stupid and some... Hashtag <laughs> days without cis nonsense. Zero. Um, I just, I cannot with this. I remember getting even more heated last week about this. I think the part that really kind of ground me, particularly on top of the ableism, on top of the abuse, on top of the manipulation, on top of the gaslighting, on top of everything, how dare they? tell a little that they have to put their stuffies away into storage and cannot use them. How fucking dare I would literally have a panic attack if I was not able to keep my friends on the bed with me. That would just like not be a thing that I would be able to parse in my head. That's so cruel. And to like put them into storage as a little who puts a lot of emotion into my stuffed animals. The thought of like basically putting them in jail without like light or anything that, that that's hurtful. That's really, really rough. And I don't like it. (sighs) Talking sick, funny. You just grabbed an adorable stuffy. (laughs) It's, it's the rabbit who pretends to be a rabbit. He's actually a bear. (gasps) Oh, gasp. (laughs) <laughs> you remember that from last time? I do. I do. Pull I off do. the hood and his bare ears. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but back to the question. I just, 
I do have a little bit of a question to ask you, Jazzy, for your opinion on this part um, where the little boy is asking the um, the other person to cover up if the diaper is in any way exposed. Mm-hmm. So the diaper is a medical aid yes. for incontinence. And by kind of saying that it's, oh, it's exposed, oh, you're being gross or anything like that, um, or like, oh, you're being too little by having it showing, um, I wouldn't say that's quite sexualizing it, because you're not being like, oh, that's a sexy thing, but you're kind of like ascribing a literally meaning to it instead of it being a medical aid. Mm-hmm. Do you get what I'm going for here? Yeah, it's definitely... <clears throat> Excuse me. It's definitely like infantilization. Yeah. Which is pretty yeah, there it yucky. Is. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's just like it's it's not a baby diaper. It's it's my diaper, you know? Yeah. And while <clears throat> while the asker is also little, and there are times where it can be and probably is a baby diaper, most of the times mm-hmm. it's not. It's a mm-hmm. medical undergarment. And yeah. and also first the language, yes, first and foremost, and also the language of cover up is so Puritan and prudish. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's like so scarlet lettery. It's just yeah. y- yuck. Like I got some of the uh, the concern that or it's just like, oh, people are going to like tease you in public or whatever. But it's just like I made the decision for my outfit and I'm going to live with the consequences. Because what am I? An adult. What I got from this question is that uh, there the uh, the asker's diaper is exposed at home. In which case, mm-hmm. uh, fuck off. I made a tweet yeah. last week because I was so like charged after the episode. I just wrote, padded caregivers are valid. And people were like, 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 on that post. And it's just like, see, fucker? See what I did? And it was... Ooh. It's so frustrating. I'm doing the chef hands right now. You can't see it, but here's another reason to join a Discord, kids. You can see me do the chef hands. It Jazzy is, is holding a very tiny bee right now. I am. The tiniest little bee. Right here. Right for the camera. Here you go. <laughs> but it is so infuriating, this question. And mm-hmm. I'm not at liberty to divulge any information um, on this question or the asker or, or the subject or the situation or anything. But, uh, we got in touch me and the asker after the episode, um, because they were listening in last week and they were feeding us information as we were talking about it. Um, and they moved forward with doing, uh, making a choice and doing an action. And I'm not going to say what this is because of privacy, but, this story does have a very happy ending and it ended very, very well for the asker. So that is good. Yes. Um, also, uh, Maya <clears throat> diaper doms are absolutely beautiful. I, that's, that's going to get a pin, right? Click pin message pin. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, do we have anything else to talk about on this one? Uh, I think we covered all the same bases that we did last time. Okay. From what I can recall, where we just kind of like went off on this person on the little for being just a selfish ass. 
So yeah, we I think just, we like, did a good job this time too. I was going to say, I feel like we did a, a good succinct job of reaming this person. Yeah. Okay. Before we move on to the next question, shall mm-hmm. I throw out one of the uh, giveaway questions for the listeners? Do it. Okay. Here we go. So this week's question is, and you can submit your answer to dearjessypodcast at gmail.com once again. This week's uh, question is, what is your favorite part about being in the ABDL slash BDSM community? You can send your responses to dearjessypodcast at gmail.com. And once again, uh, your responses can be a sentence, a paragraph, multiple paragraphs, just like put yourself into it. And we are going to select uh, basically what we think is the best response. And that will be the winner. All the winners, once again, are um, going to be announced on June 16th. And once again, the email for that is dearjazzypodcast at gmail.com. The question being, what is your favorite part of the ABDL BDSM community? Okay. Let's do it. Next question. Now, that one that you're on right now is a long one. Did you want to read the next one and then we'll go back to the long one? Uh, yes. Okay. Okay. So this question, also, I just realized I have my fan going. So if there's a low droning throughout the whole show, that's what it is. It is hot in Topeka. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. This question is from Mayachu, pronouns she, her, dear Jazzy and Fonny. I've been told I have a tendency to mansplain. I try to watch uh, what what I say to stop doing this. Uh, my thing is I never do it because I think I know more uh, than someone else. I do it to make sure. I don't do this to because I think I know more than someone else. I do it to make sure... Uh, Sorry, I'm doing my best here. I do it to make sure that someone else knows what I'm talking about. I can always edit it. My question is, is there a difference or am I just a bitch that needs to learn to talk to people better? Bad at reading social cues, Maya. Okay. I totally remember my response to this. And the response is, and Maya was giving me feedback as we were answering this, just like the previous question. Um, The context is... Uh, Maya here was at a hangout and they were all talking and someone brought up a piece of media and someone, someone said, I don't know what that is. And Maya said the explanation of what it is. Said person who asked for an explanation said, don't mansplain, which is like, first of all, this person is dumb as a box of rocks. And second of all, how dare you say that someone who uses she, her pronouns is mansplaining? Like, first of all, fuck you. That's some, that's some shit. That's no, this is a very like (laughs) trans girl power episode. And for someone to say that a woman is mansplaining, stop, just, just stop. Um, how I like to jokingly say is when someone who is not male identifying is 
uh, kind of condescendingly explaining something to me. That's called gender splaining. So when someone is is gender splaining, the way I usually kind of try to parse it is like, is this person does this person actually think I'm stupid? And is this condescending in nature? Is this because they think less of me? Or is it just because someone like this is their special interest and they really, really like to talk about it? Because I know that that is how I talk to daddy and he absolutely puts up with a ton of my special interest talk. My hair is like doing a thing right now. Let me, there we go. And so I'll lead off a conversation with him like, hey, you know the Pokemon Charizard? And of course he knows about Charizard. And the question isn't, do you know that a Pokemon named Charizard exists? That's my way of like opening the conversation about Charizard to kind of like prime the wall before I paint it. And he'll jokingly be like, no, I've never heard of Charizard. Please tell me. But it's like, if someone were to say that in earnest, then it would be like gender splaining kind of gross. I was doing um, a stream, not in the dear Jazzy server somewhere else where I was playing path of exile and someone was coming in did you know this was made by some of the original developers from Diablo? And I was like, no shit, huh? Wow. And it was totally just like, oh, a girl's playing a video game. Time to be a troglodyte. And it was just, mm. so, and also to the original context of this question, this person literally asked for an explanation and you gave it to them, Maya. So, this person is dumb and always feel free to go off about what excites you because that's not gender splaining. If you are legitimately talking for the excitement of telling someone about what you are really into, do it and don't let them tell you otherwise talking stick. Yep. All of that. Uh, all of the above. Um, <laughs> uh, and in that very particular context, yeah, that was not mansplaining or gendersplaining at all. That was just like, oh, you're bringing this up and you don't actually know about it. I'm going to fill you in because I, I really like this thing. And like, that's something that I do a lot. But I also think that's part of ADHD where I'm just like, oh, you're going to let me talk about something? Let me just go on for hours then. Mm -hmm. And it's not out of malice. It's not because I think you're stupid. Just like Maya says, um, it's not because she thinks someone is dumb and doesn't know about it. It's because she just really likes it and wants to make sure that everyone is on the same page that she is. Cause she thinks you're deserving. There's nothing more flattering to me and nothing more like wholesome than when someone deems me worthy to word vomit at. And it's just like, you think I'm so cool to the point where you want to like, enrapture me in conversation please tell me and like fill me with your wisdom i want to hear it and it's like a really sweet yeah. gesture yeah yeah and then you know the part about the social cues there is like i think maya read the, the situation like anyone would have read it where it's just like oh i don't know about this thing oh well i do so here you go here's the information to fill you in that's, yeah, that's, that's how conversations work. 
someone who is very awkward like me would have read it the same exact way that someone who is very put together and not awkward, i.e. daddy, we would have read it the exact same way. And I think this just speaks to the subjects just subject is silly. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just really fucking silly. Yeah. That's all I got for that one. Shall we go uh, back one to the uh, slide number five? Yes. Okay. And that is up on the screen. For those not watching the video podcast, I have a new setup where it's, I set it up in Streamlabs and it's like a cool, like there's like flowers and it's animated and I can switch between the screens. Woo, woo, woo. And that's probably what make give someone motion sickness. I won't do that again, but <laughs> join the discord. Hey, okay. Let's do the question. Fonny. All right. I'm going to give it my best. Okay. From Let's call me Joe who asks, Dear Jazzy and Fawny, I am getting my second vaccine shot on Friday, and I cannot wait to go actually go places for fun. Within CDC guidelines, of course. Going places for fun rather than just a necessity. One thing I'm really looking forward to is seeing my friends again. But while there are some I've kept in regular contact with, there are others who I haven't spoken to in months, just because I kind of fell out of the habit of calling or texting. Any advice on how I can pick these friendships back up? I feel kind of guilty about not staying in better contact. Right now, I'm debating sending an awkwardly self-deprecating text like, Hey, I'm sorry, I've been MIA. I've been busy watching all six seasons of Shit's Creek for the eighth time. Want to meet at Denny's for pancakes? If someone sent me that message, I'd get so fucking hype. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, me yeah. Too. So. <sighs> Here's the thing. Oh, Hi. Maya says oh. everything went quiet. Oh. Oh. Fonny, I can still hear you just fine. And I can still hear you. Okay, Joe can hear. Okay, that's good. Oh. Broken for Maya. Oh, darn. Oh, that's that's not good. Okay, uh, should I go ahead uh, on with my answer? Or should we... How about Maya? What should we do? Oh, there's Maya again. We'll just... Just keep Make going. Make sure that she can hear. Okay. My shoes typing. Typing, typing, typing. Typing, typing, typing. Yay, it's back. It's back. All right. Cool. Go we ahead, support Jazzy. our own on this show. Okay. Yes. Here's the tea. Here's the tea. Everyone has fallen out of contact with each other over the pandemic. Everyone's communication has sucked. You don't need to self-deprecate, but I absolutely feel... As someone who is very passive and very, like, very awkward and very shy and subby, I definitely am like, hey, I'm sorry, uh, I fell out of contact. Pandemic has just been wild. And then, do you want to meet at Denny's for pancakes? It's very much, it puts the focus of the message on the question rather than the explanation. And you don't even have to give an explanation because everyone knows what it is. Like we're all stuck in this situation. Everyone's communication has been not so great. I literally just sent a message yesterday um, to one of my IRL friends. I was just like, Hey, sorry, I fell out of contact. This pandemic has just been like doing a number on my communication do you want to hang out? How's your husband doing? 
and just like that's it ideally you don't have to say anything because everyone knows what it is but if you feel the need to say something self-deprecation is not a necessity i would say if you feel compelled to give an explanation just blame the pandemic we can blame the pandemic for a lot of stuff and it feels really good to blame the pandemic um that's what i would say what do you think funny uh, I totally agree. If I had gotten a message like that, uh, asking if I wanted to go to Denny's for pancakes, uh, it would feel like the perfect aftercare to the pandemic. Truly, truly. <laughs> like, Denny's is good aftercare. Denny's go there is for the greasy burgers aftercare. and the pancakes and the hot chocolate with the whipped cream on it. And it's just mm. so good. It's a little, little chef's kiss. Um, but yeah, also like phones work both ways. Right. So like they mm-hmm. could have texted you, but they didn't. You could have texted them, but they, but you didn't. So going ahead and sending them that message is going to break the ice and it's going to be good for the both of you. Indeed. Mm-hmm. The person is just as guilty for not contacting you. And I mm-hmm. think that's an important thing to remember. And fun. I'm really happy you mentioned that because that is literally so true. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like that's a piece of advice that I take into consideration all the time where it's just like, oh, I feel guilty about this. But also phones work both ways. Phones work both ways. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Are we so, ready to yeah. move to the last question? Yeah, I am. Okay. There we go. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and trigger warning uh, this question till like the end of the show just because this one is really super duper heavy um so here is a content warning and a trigger warning for things that involve suicidal ideation self-harm depression uh etc so there's no shame if you want to hop out of the live chat and listen to the recorded version or if you're listening to the recorded version this is a safe place to kind of drop off there isn't going to be any bombshell announcements at the end of the show just what you heard at the beginning uh that being said let's dive into it take it away phony okay this is a question from little baby panda pronoun she her who says trigger warning self-harm and asks dear jazzy and phony i really connected to discussions of mental health in previous episodes if you're open to talking about it i'd like to hear more from uh more about how jazzy recovered from self-harm using bdsm and kink in little space I would love to hear experiences from both of you two in developing healthy escapism and, if any, the hurdles you faced in practicing BD neurodivergence. So many big words in this one, but it's so good. I love it. Um, I have been in a really dark place lately and using a lot of unhealthy coping mechanisms. I'm holding on to the hope that my little space and my interactions within the community can be healthy and healing for me. Any advice on cultivating this as a positive part of my lifestyle is appreciated. Uh, I do take medication and work with a therapist too. Thank you for the podcast in the server. It has made me feel so much less alone already with hugs from mentally ill little Panda. And with hugs to you too. Mm-hmm. Uh, for real. Let's get into this. Um, last week, uh, I started into this question by talking about a bit of my history. Yawn number five. It is. Yawn number five. Okay, so I think I'll, I'll just start there at the beginning as well. Um, 
just to kind of lay the framework of how I got myself wrapped up and entrenched in self-harm in the first place. Um, I have been very shades of depressed and anxious since I was five or so. And that is when I started kindergarten. And that is when I entered the American school system. And it was hell almost instantly. I don't know what it is, but first of all, kids are cruel. They're really cruel. Even down to basically toddler ages, they are cruel, can be cruel. And I don't know what it was about me, but they sniffed something on me and my aura and my person that was just like, this girl is different. We're going to bully the fuck out of her. And it was just bad. And year over year over year, it would get worse. And my smile that was like permanently on my face as a child would get like lower and lower and lower and lower. And then it would turn into an almost permanent like scowl and frown. Uh, Fifth grade is when shit was getting really bad because that's when I was starting to get like assaulted um, on like a fairly like decently regular basis as like my bullies. And then the school would do absolutely jack shit. And this is after I transferred schools. This is a school that I transferred into the, they were just worse. I came in with a blank slate and it was already way worse. Two years there, I transferred to another one to finish out seventh and eighth grade. Once you know it, the bullies caught wind that I transferred there and they transferred literally to that school to continue tormenting me. And it was so fucking overwhelming. And this is in the mid 2000s. So the only respite I had was my music because this was at the absolute peak, the apex of emo culture. And I was all the way in it. I'm not saying it was because of emo and it was because of music. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying that was my coping mechanism before it got so bad to the point where I was just not able to cope. I should also note that I have obsessive compulsive disorder and that's a really bad mix with anxiety because anxiety can throw intrusive thoughts into your head And OCD will recur them thousands of times a day. And it is, it completely inhibits your, it's like your brain is a processor, right? And intrusive thoughts are like viruses. And my OCD was like a Trojan virus that replicated itself and replicated the other viruses. And that is the best analogy to like fellow nerds that I can make. But I should also note that at this time I was very, very religious. I was very involved in the church. I should also note that I am very religious now as a Luciferian Wiccan, completely like (laughs) completely different. And I'll get into that. But not only was I afraid of getting beat up, I was also afraid that I was a disappointment to God for being gay as i recently discovered this is before i knew that 
trans was a thing that existed. And for a long time, I was male identifying and gay before I realized, oh, I'm trans. Duh. So I started self-harming in eighth grade just as like a release because it was just so awful. And I was not looking forward at all to high school. I wished I could just jump forward into college and skip high school because where I was going to go, which I did not want to go here on the record, I was sent to an all boys Catholic high school. And that was likely the worst place in the world for me to go. So, and that is where freshman year where I was sexually assaulted and all the kids, once again, they sniffed out the weird gene on me, instantly latched on, and my life was just hell for four years. To the point where in high school, I would, every study hall, I would check myself out, go to the band room, check out of study hall, go to either the band room or the library, hide out in a corner, and just self-harm just the whole period. And I would go home and I would self-harm instead of enjoying the things that I used to, like playing RuneScape or Warcraft or any of the, any of the other things that teenage nerds love doing. I, was, I would just, like, cut. And it was bad. Um, it was all the way up on my upper left arm. And basically the whole part of my body was just scar tissue and markings and open wounds and scabs and it was it was really really rough my sophomore year um i was hospitalized twice um for suicide attempts and also for self-harm and that's where my parents like really really realized like this is bad and we need to do shit about this not that they didn't know it was bad before but i was hiding so much from them and I don't know how I did because it was pretty obvious, but but that is where I got onto medication and I started therapy and things would slowly start getting better over time. And I would meet with my pastor who absolutely assured me that I would not be sent to hell, which was a huge absolute fear of mine. And also the big part is the psych ward gets such a bad rap in pop culture. It's always portrayed as like, oh, that's a scary place for scary people. And nothing could be further from the truth. I, that is the place where I felt the safest in my entire life, even safer than when I was at Capcom with my daddy and at Capcom with, Nif and Ruka, even safer than that. In the moment, um, it was just everything I needed because I didn't have any autonomy. Things were being chosen for me. The, the choices I had were, which one of the three options for this meal do you choose? And what color socks do you want? It's just like, this is great. I don't have to... I, I was just able to completely just hard reset my brain and disconnect from everything going on outside as a teenager and just focus on myself and start to get better. And that was really like a point of change for me. 
And after the second hospitalization, I really started getting better with, um, with my self harm because we were changing around the meds and finding out what worked for me. I was going through therapy. I was talking to my pastor and things were just slowly getting better. And by the time my junior year rolled around, I really stopped giving a shit about what other people thought about me. And it's funny because people in the server have joked like about sending in questions like, Hey Jazzy, is it weird if I do this? And then the response is, do you think Jazzy gives a shit about what is weird or not? And it's just like, that is so flattering to me because I really, really try to live by the moral of just like, be yourself, be weird, be proud of it. Being normal is boring. Be as weird as you can be, be yourself. It's beautiful. And that's what I chose to do. And while the bullying technically got worse, my response to it got better. And I started defending myself and standing up for myself. And all of a sudden, no one wanted to fuck with me because no one wanted to get shoved in a locker and their shit pushed in by the gay kid. Like, that was like the biggest dishonor. Like, if you got your shit pushed in, by the gay kid, you were just like permanently marred. So no one wanted to fuck with me anymore. And it was fantastic. Uh, I went off to college my freshman year. I had a bit of an existential crisis. So I was in the psych ward one more time and I was determined. This is my last visit. This is my last inpatient. I'm deciding it now. Uh, Thankfully I had it relapsed into self harm though. And it was just like standard college stuff that goes along with being a college freshman anxiety, like, oh my God, existential crisis. I'm an adult. I don't know how to adult. What am I doing? What's going to be my career? I get it. That's really rough. But that gave me so many tools. And since then, I've only self-harmed twice. And I've been clean for like three or four years now. So it was just absolutely... Oh, I forgot the end of the story. When I converted from Catholicism to Wicca and paganism, that was like the last nail in the coffin for like my anxiety because I conquered so much of the anxiety around like finances and love and all those other things. So the last big thing was my faith and religion. And I found that it was um, entirely holding me back and it was just no longer my truth. So I was kind of like in the agnostic gray area for a while until I finally found what really spoke to me, that being Wicca and paganism. And so I've just been fully entrenched in that. And it's been nice to be able to fully entrench myself in religion once again. in something that works for me and works with me and I don't work for it. And that's been really amazing for my mental health. I can't even say that. I can't even like... I can't stress how big that was for me. Um, Basker's in the chat. Wow, that's amazing. Sparkly star emoji. Congratulations on the clean time. Thank you. Um, And congratulations on your clean time as well, whether it be five minutes, five days, five years. Any amount of clean time is a huge accomplishment, even if it's just seconds it is so important to celebrate how big of an achievement that is because self-harm in the form of cutting is absolutely an addiction and it is 
in many ways a chemical addiction because you get hooked on the adrenaline high of your body being harmed and also the sensation of you like harming your skin. You can absolutely get hooked on it. And it can be really, really dangerous because that's what happened to me. Getting into the second part of the question, talking about um, how did I use BDSM to kind of lift myself out of that, I found um, that I was absolutely a masochist and that was just such a good release for me. And while I was doing it for the wrong reasons before, I found that indulging it while I was basically like I raised my standard like mood. I raised the bar for myself to where I was previously in constantly in state of like drudging through the void. Now I raised my bar to like a standard level of like moderate happiness and good, you know, good neutral mood. So I was able to experience all those same feelings and sensations and highs way more effectively. And I realized I don't have to do this to feel, I don't have to cut in order to feel alive anymore. Cause that's what I had to do in order to feel something because I was so numb. Now that my life is awesome and I feel great about myself, I can have someone do this to me and for me. And I can feel like I'm drifting through the ether. I'm so like happy and physically overwhelmed in a good way and just really get hit with all those endorphins and adrenaline and serotonin all at once and just completely flood my brain with chemicals while I'm getting flogged and whipped and cut up by my partner. And it's mm, so good. But um, that really kind of filled a void for me. And I have not even thought about self-harm once since I started getting involved in BDSM. Now, I'm not saying you should use BDSM in place of self-harm. You should absolutely do your best to kick self-harm before getting into BDSM. Because it, it's definitely not like a nicotine patch. You can't use it to like transition off of it like you can use a nicotine patch to transition off of smoking BDSM is like, it's basically a great reward for you to be like, and also putting it into someone else's hands prevents you from going too far with it. And someone with your best interests in mind is someone administering. So you can't take it too far. You can ask for more, but any like, Self-respecting Don will be like, nope, you've had too much, and now we're done. Aftercare time. Uh, Fani typed in the chat, safe, sane, consensual, with sane being italicized. And that is so absolutely important. Um, and also, risk-aware consensual kink, which is rack, is also a really good mantra because you're aware of what you're doing and what you're aware of you're aware of the risk and everything. I'm sorry. My brain kind of shut down again for a second, but I'm back. And that's for things like knife play and fire and electricity and suspension. And like some of the more like quote unquote, hardcore stuff, but all those things can also fall into SSC as well. But 
getting into BDSM now that I've really stabilized my life and mood and everything, it's kind of like, why would I ever want to self-harm when I can get something that's way fucking better and also pumps me with so much good brain juice that I feel like I'm transcending life itself. So that's kind of where it's at in terms of little space. Um, and that part of the question, it's just really, really nice to be able to let go and getting into little space really reminds me of when I was in the psych ward, being able to let go of things and just to turn off that part of my brain and to stop dedicating so much of my processor to all these background tasks and with the knowledge that I can and will return to them, but I can give my brain a rest so I can come back to them more effective and more able to handle the adult things. And that sort of like very healthy escapism has a lot of science behind it and a lot of research behind it that, you know, very much can, I'm sorry, I'm having trouble with words tonight. Thank you for bearing with me. It all concludes that that form of escapism can be really good for you because you can re-enter life more effective than you were before. Um, so that is, that's what I've got. I'm going to talking stick because my brain is starting to fall apart again. Uh, Fani, take it away. Sure. And then whenever I'm all finished up, I'm going to give you back the talking stick for, guess what? The the same friggin' part of this question that you missed last time. Damn it. So, so think about it. Um, the hurdles you face in practicing BDSM due to neuro- neurodivergence. Ah, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Do you want me to Uh, do that now or later? Do you have it ready? Yeah, I can do that. Um, Okay, go for it. Panda in the chat says, thank you so much for sharing so honestly. Of course, thank you for asking such a really powerful question. Thank you so much for sending it in. Um, Hurdles I faced, excuse me, with my neurodivergency. Um, At first, with the anxiety of like, wanting to please my partner. Am I pleasing enough? Am I doing this? Am I doing that? And I found out not only is that unhealthy for me, but when it manifests and I'm really anxious, I kind of take that out. I would take that out on, on daddy. And it was really unfair of me to be, Hey, how am I doing? Am I good? Are you happy? Am I doing bad? I'm bad. And it would just like go down the rabbit hole and that would be putting a lot of unfounded pressure on him. So going through therapy was really good at that. And to reassure myself of like, yes, I'm doing just fine. If I wasn't, he would say something. And also, um, when I was really starting to get into BDSM was when I was going through my breakup with my really abusive ex. So I was dealing with a lot of like, residual bullshit from that that I would kind of take into the club sometimes and it was hard to let it go from that and I did sustain like a lot of trauma from that relationship and sometimes it would just create brain fog and I totally would go to the club to escape that relationship on Saturday nights it's just like if I can get through a week of this bitch I can run away to the club for a whole night and 
I would just not be, I would not be coming in with my whole self. And it was, it was not pretty, but it was what I needed and everything. Um, I think I also waited a good amount of time until I felt comfortable and stable emotionally to get into knife play just because it was still really fresh and really traumatic for me. So in that way, it it did affect my ability to participate in some things in BDSM culture, but I am glad that I waited because I was able to approach it and have a lot of fun with it in uh, my own time and talking stick. Okie dokie. There's a lot to cover in this question. So let's start with a little bit of background history on me and my mental health, uh, which has been okay at the best and trying at the worst. Um, I had a, a bit of a similar elementary school experience where like I went in and the kids were just like, oh, you know, they they could smell the, the fresh meat on me and immediately went for the jugular. Um, Things of mine would go missing. I would get picked on. Uh, there was this one kid in particular who uh, I would later end up stabbing with a pencil. Uh, guess who got punished for that? You did. Me. All his bullying swept under the rug. Me suspended. Um, thank goodness I was only just suspended for that. Um, didn't break skin or anything. Totally mm. undeserved. Um, Truly. <laughs> But yeah, he would pick on me so much. Like I would draw a little cute picture on a piece of paper during like one of our art breaks or whatever. And he would be like, um, that little character that you drew, actually that belongs to me. And I remember that so vividly. Or he would be like, yeah, that cat, I drew it first. Would he really so just try to copyright me. troll you? Like fucking Rosalie yep. Bent or Rears? Are yep. you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Oh, oh, is this going to go off on a tangent about Rosalie Bent? Uh, no. <laughs> no, we're not. We're going to go okay. back to your story. Okay. Next episode. <laughs> Next episode. But yeah, okay. So um, that was elementary school for me. And then like junior high, I switched schools a lot. And in most of the cases, like, yeah, the kids would like pick up that I was not really fitting in all that well. Thank you, ADHD, for making me stick out like a sore thumb. And making me the target of a lot of kids' uh, insecurities as they, you know, saw me doing things that they personally thought they would get picked on for. So they picked on me for it to, you know, try to get me in line. And it didn't work because I have a learning disability and that's just not the way it works. Um, so it was, it was really tough. I grew up hating myself. Uh, and later on, I realized, oh, I might be depressed, maybe just a little bit. And I might also be anxious because I tend to uh, skip out on a lot of fun things just because I'm scared of the what ifs. Um, so I went to a doctor and I was just like, hey, uh, I'm, I'm concerned about depression. And they gave me a little questionnaire and I got a really high score on it. And they said, yeah, high scores aren't good. You got depression. Here's your meds. And I went, great. And, you know, uh, in talks with my doctor and getting meds kind of figured out um, and being an advocate for myself, you have to be an advocate for yourself or at least have a really good friend who you can bring to appointments with you who can advocate for you uh, because doctors can sometimes not listen to you. So advocating for yourself is a very good skill to have. Um, I got my meds figured out and I'm on the appropriate and I like them a lot. 
Um, where was I going with this? Right. Okay. So there's my history from beginning to kind of like now. It started out super shitty and then got better. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have as much of like the self-harm tendencies aside from picking at my face. I had acne in grade five. Grade five. I was 10 years old Same. with acne. Yep. And yep. I would pick at it and it would be terrible. <sighs> and that went on like all throughout high school. And even like today, you can see I have a little spot over here that I just like mindlessly have opened up. Um, and it sucks, but it has gotten better with me being like, wait, hang on. I'm doing it again. I need to stop and put something on it. Um, so as long as you're cognizant of it, uh, you can, you can get better. And I believe in you that you will. I'm really Uh, happy. Yeah. Sorry. I I totally interrupted you. No, it's okay. This is a team effort. This is a team effort. (laughs) Uh, yeah, that part of your story totally reminded me of another part of um, the, basically we're following the exact same thing we did last week is um, after you were talking about your picking, I talked about my picking and mm-hmm. that was because um, for me, my OCD primarily manifests in the form of hygiene and cleanliness mm-hmm. and specifically with my hands and my face and my hands never got any acne on them. So that's good. But if there is any oil or grease or anything sticky on them, I would have just a full blown panic attack. And once I went through puberty, which did not treat me well, thanks for asking. I had so much acne and what was worse then the acne is I had really, really thick, coarse, dark beard hair to a point where have you ever seen a, a person who has a beard and it's like gray skin underneath because of the undergrowth? Yes. That was yep. me. And it was, I've never in my life grown out my beard and I never will because I don't have facial hair anymore. One don't know. Oh, how about them apples? But when I still had my facial hair, I would obsessively shave it off and I would just get these unbelievable ingrown hairs um, on my face, but also primarily on my neck. And they just hurt and looked awful and felt awful. And I would take a pair of tweezers and literally dig them out really, really deep, sometimes like almost too deep, like dangerous deep like I don't want to hit a vein or a blood vessel deep but I would dig out these hairs and they'd just be like big and long and disgusting and awful and I'd be like ah I feel so much better blood dripping from my neck and it was (laughs) not a thing and my therapist would ask me about it and be like so I see your neck has some new craters on it I was just like oh yeah no it's no big deal I had an ingrown hair I just had to get it and I wouldn't think anything of it until years later, when my therapist said, you know, that likely is manifesting in a form of self-harm for you. And I was like, at the time, no, no, of course not. No, I haven't done that in a while. No. And then now it's until I'm like, oh, that's totally what that was. It was OCD fueled self-harm 
because I was so paranoid of having anything on my face. And I'm a lot better about it now, but I still definitely get tense if something gets on my my hands or my face. And that's just not something that's going to go away, but I've definitely learned to cope with it a lot better. But totally right there with you, uh, with picking. I literally have scars mm-hmm. on my arm from mosquito bites I got when I was seven. And I, they would just be open for years because I just oh, wouldn't yeah. stop. Oh, yeah. No, you know what that's like. You totally yeah. know what that's um, like. I still have a portion of a scar from whenever I got a minor insect bite and then turned it into uh, a big open sore on the back of my hand. Oh, yeah. That was fun. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I had a really, really big one here. I can still feel the divot. That's just like a crater in my skin. That started out as like a small mosquito bite and I turned it into just like this giant weeping sore. That was awful. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Back to the question, though. Back to the um, question. Recovering from self-harm or just mental illness, like the, the worst of mental illness using BDSM and kink in little space. Um, I definitely made the mistake of going into some BDSM scenarios not being completely sane. But like whenever you're really deep in it, uh, it's hard to know whether you're sane or not, especially if you've not been sane ever, really. Like I recall some encounters that I had with um, some kinky people, um, one of whom I will gladly name and shame another day because I just, oof, oof. He's a, he's a special individual, um, special in a very, very bad way. And I would, I would go hang out with him thinking, oh, this is great. This is fine. He'll give me exactly what I need, you know, um, and then it wouldn't turn out as I expected, and I would get upset about it and be like, but but if I please him. And, like, he wasn't explicitly awful in the way that he was like, I'm going to withhold this until you please me. It was just, he didn't listen. So I wouldn't get what I wanted whenever I said it up front. Like, hi, I want to be tied up and whipped. And then he would be like, okay, I guess we'll get to the whipping part, but not the tied up part. I'd be like, wow, thanks. Thanks for that. Um... But then I would get it in my head like, oh, if I please him enough, maybe I'll get it next time. Mm. Um, and it wasn't healthy for either of us, but I didn't have that clarity or a therapist yet um, to realize what was normal and what wasn't. So I recommend a therapist. I recommend talking about kink with your therapist. Finding a kinky therapist is uh, highly recommended. For, for all individuals, or at least someone who's willing to learn about it. Someone who's willing to at least um, understand the tenets of, of safe, sane, and consensual for kink. Um, and isn't going to like look down on, on you for it and say, oh, that's not mature, or that's not right, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but enough about therapist shopping. Um, I did eventually, you know, get on my meds and, and get therapy and everything. And then realized, oh, wow. Oh. Oh, I haven't been nice to myself, you know? I haven't been setting up appropriate boundaries with people. I've been letting them walk all over me. Um, And that one guy who would, like, only half listen to what I wanted. uh, 
definitely did not care about me the same way that I cared about him. So just moving on from that guy. Um, and then I was able to get into BDSM with a much healthier mindset and was able to like put all my cards on the table and be like, okay, uh, I'm looking for this. What are you looking for? And if they said, oh, I don't do aftercare or something like that, I'd be like, okay, thank you for your time. I'm moving on now. Um, and that was boundaries saying, this is what I'm looking for. And I think it's totally reasonable. A bunch of other people think it's all totally reasonable. And if I can't get that, I'm, I'm going to say no, thank you. Um, and then I have had trouble with BDSM and little space, like getting into subspace, getting into little space um, because of ADHD and partially because of anxiety. Like bupropion's great, but it doesn't take care of anxiety. I have to be just aware of it and use it's my true. coping mechanisms from therapy um, to get through it. And coping mechanisms uh, are a lifesaver. Oh my god. I cannot recommend them. I cannot. I, I, I just... <laughs> I love my coping mechanisms. The the whole, oh, the whole, everyone's going to be laughing at you. Okay, but like, are they really? Are they? Like, if I'm confident, everyone's going to want to be like me because everyone wants to be the confident person. Eh? That's mm-hmm. coping mechanism. Um, where I have that thought in my mind, I can remind myself. If I'm me, there's no problem. If I'm not hurting anyone, there's no problem. Um, but getting into subspace and little space is hard because my mind does not like to stop. <laughs> it's it's a little hard to to explain that one because the the neurotypical brain is just kind of like, well, if I don't have anything to think about, I'm just going to like, you know, just think little things. Kind of be in the moment. Um, But my brain is like, have you thought about unicorns recently? Let's go on a train of thought about that. Okay, now we're going to be thinking about rhinoceroses. Now we're going to be thinking about that time that you heard on Tumblr that rhinoceros horns are sometimes covered in chemicals so that poachers can't get them. Okay, now we're going to be thinking about poachers and like the access of different uh, poached um, substances in in black markets. And then it just like keeps going on like that. And there's no way to like make it shut up. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I'll just be like with my coloring book or whatever in little space, whenever I like get around to hanging out with um, my caregiver um, to be able to do that. And I just kind of have to like be half in and half out of the situation because I know that my brain's not going to let me like totally go quiet and just be in the moment. So sometimes I just kind of have to switch it up and be like, okay, we're going to talk or we're going to think about uh, kid stuff now. Chicken nuggets. Blue's clues. <laughs> Chicken nuggy. Yeah. Lucky charms. Um. And then, you know, there's always the anxiety about uh, uh, just being anxious in general and and being judged for what I'm into. And I have had to use my coping mechanisms for that, too. Um, and they've worked well enough that I'm on this show. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. So, shout out to coping mechanisms. And 
I have had to be picky with who I play with because of my anxiety. And I know that like, I really have to trust someone before I get into a situation. So, so yeah, the hurdles for me have all just been like trust and anxiety and ADHD based. Um, yeah. Uh, making, making BDSM or a little space, a healthy part of your lifestyle. It really depends on, on what you want it to do for you and how much of it you would like to be part of your life. Like for me, it's a hobby for jazzy. It's a lifestyle. Um, and for other people, it can be used like meditation. You can say, okay, I'd like to meditate today or, okay, I'd like to be in little space today. I'm going to block out half an hour or an hour to just do that. And it can be part of your healthy lifestyle where it's just like, I'm just going to shut off my brain and watch cartoons for half an hour and just get into little space. And then after that, I do have to go do big people stuff. So that's a totally healthy way to do it. Or you can be like, uh, my weekends are for me. And I'm just going to 24-7 it for the weekends. As long as you know that you can get out of it, that you can transition back into being a, a healthy, responsible adult um, because you are over the age of 18 and you do have responsibilities. What do you think, Jazzy? I literally could not have said it better myself. I also can't speak to the ADHD experience because that's not one of my diagnoses. So that was like really, really good learning material for me. Thank you so much for sharing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I could talk about ADHD like all day, like back in the day. Okay, here's just one little tidbit before we wrap up. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I was diagnosed with what they called ADD, which was Attention Deficit Disorder. Um, ADHD is Attention Deficit Hyperactive Disorder. And I was classified ADD because I'm a girl, because I didn't have the bounce-off-the-walls energy that most boys do, mm-hmm. or at least uh, the two genders that were kind of like known in those days. This is in the 90s. Um, and I hope that child psychologists and pediatricians have, have caught up. But back in the day, it was, there are the two children, there are the boy children and the girl children and the boys get ADHD because usually they're more hyperactive and the girls get ADD because usually they're just more stare off into space and daydream. And nowadays it's all just in the same category of ADHD, which I think is super helpful because, um, I think we can get wrapped up in like expectations of who is supposed to be diagnosed with what whenever you've got the two uh, different sides of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like if we still had the two, you would still see a lot of um, girls be misdiagnosed. We talked at length about this in all my psychology courses in college about how like the whole uh, disparity between diagnoses between the binary genders. And one Mm -hmm. of my teachers even went as far as to say that there was no standard for non-binary identifying people because for so long in Western culture, that was not a thing that was talked about where, as we know, gender has been 
a thing that people have played with for thousands of years at this point. But mm-hmm. you'd be shocked at the amount of pediatricians and child psychologists, even today, that say transgenderism is a disease. Burr, burr, burr. You'd be. That's true. It's so, so disheartening. Thankfully, those people are retiring and dying off. So hopefully we'll get a fresh batch of child psychologists that aren't dingbats. Dave's without cis no- nonsense. Zero. That really fucking hurt. I'm not sure if you heard that, but I totally just scraped Sorry. my face against... <laughs> I scraped my face against the boom stand. I think that's the universe saying it's time to go to bed. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Yeah. How many yawns did we get up to? Was it still just four? Uh, five. Ah, uh, five. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Um, and the little baby panda um, did have a really good point in chat. Um, reminding me that there can be the inattentive type ADHD, mm. um, which is probably what they should have diagnosed me with as a child. Indeed. So yeah, like I don't have that that bounce off the walls um, trait that people usually associate with ADHD. Hmm. 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 Funny. That was a fantastic episode. Yeah, I agree. And uh, it still took just about two hours, just like last time. Indeed. We uh, pinned down what we could, and we threatened up what needed to be threatened up. Yeah. Indeed. And there was no bathroom break in the middle of it. Good job, Jazzy. Thank you. There was no bathroom break. I held it like a big girl. Thank you so, so much. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, I'm just trying to think about my notes. Yeah, no, we've got nothing else to talk about. So, Fani, where can people find you and how can they give you money? Uh, <laughs> they can usually find me in my house. I know, old joke. Um, but online they can find <laughs> me at funny. Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Twitter.com slash FaniAVDL. And then they can also find me at Patreon where I do take some money. Um I'm, I'm very cheap. I'm a cheap date on Patreon. Um, uh, my Patreon is patreon.com slash Avdl. My links are also at the, uh, at odds, at oddswithgod.com. Um, wait, did I get that right? Yep. Okay. Yeah. At oddswithgod.com, uh, on my link tree there. If you scroll down just a little bit, you'll see Fawny Avdl link tree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can find me at Jasmine Starshine. Once again, all my links are also on my link tree, which are also on at oddswithgod.com. Um, my primary social media is my Twitter, which is at little jazzy baby. The show's Twitter is at dear jazzy show. Yod number six. Yod number six. Excuse me. And you can also reach out to me on discord um, at Jasmine Starshine number zero 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 one. Or Dear Jazzy Podcast at gmail.com. So many ways you can get in touch with us. Uh, I think that's it. Did you touch on Camp Buddy? Camp Buddy is an amazing (laughs) erotic visual novel from BL It's Games that supports this show. You can check it out right now with our affiliate links on adultswithgod.com slash campbuddy, or you can click the big old banner ad to take you right there. You can check out the demo. It's for Mac and PC. No excuses. You got Linux? Shit out of luck. (laughs) But 
It has <laughs> over 300 unique illustrations, fully animated sex scenes, full voice acting, a Boy Scout themed. What? It's so, so, so good. And I was actually just playing it a little bit recently. It's probably what I'm going to do tonight after the show is done, if I'm being quite honest. Um, please check out Camp Buddy. They give us a little kickback with every single sale. Boom. There we go. Now we can do the outro. I think I got everything now. Merch store. Merch store. We have merch. <laughs> What's the best way to support the show that isn't our Patreons, that isn't the stream donation, that isn't anything else? That would be merch, baby. Uh, all the merch that you buy on there, um, half of the proceeds go to the artist that designed the merch. That's pretty swaggy, if I do say so myself. And also, our merch is really top tier. It's it's pretty good shit, if I do say so myself. Uh, Fawny, you created a masterpiece called jazzfield.jpg. That is uh, Jasmine's, my fursona's head as Garfield with the words, you are not immune to the beans. It goes great over tie-dye, let me tell you that much. I think that's it now, question mark? Yep, and eventually, I think it's been like four episodes since I first uh, brought it up. But there will eventually be a can of beans with Jazzy's name plastered on it. Indeed. There will be a sticker. And I really need it as a sticker. There will be a sticker that uh, is Jazzy's Baked Beans instead of Bush's Baked Beans. That's going to be up on the merch store as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Please buy it. Please buy it. <laughs> buy our merch. That's the best way to support not me, but also Fonny and Juice and Raystar and a bunch of people from our community. What are you waiting for? Get you some swag from Dear Jazzy. Okay. Dear Jazzy. Fucking god damn it. I haven't messed up the outro bit in like 10 episodes. <laughs> it's so well. It's okay. Dear Jazz Season and Outs with God.com production, please visit us online at outswithgod.com. You can check out our merch camp buddy, our Patreon, my Patreon, Fonny's Patreon, our GoFundMe campaigns, the more details on the giveaway and everything, it's all on there. Check it out. It's a one-stop shop of everything Jazzy and Fonny. Oh my good gracious. Fonny, any closing thoughts before we wrap it up? No. Brain brain done. Head empty. Thoughts he- none. Head empty. Diaper full. I've been Jasmine Starshine. Oh. <laughs> I've been Fonny. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. All right, I'm going to read it from Nate, pronouns he, him, uh, who says, trigger warning, self-harm, and asks, Dear Jazzy and Fawny, I really connected to... I was wrong. This is not Nate. There is another little baby panda in the server. Oh, oh yeah, last time we said it was Nate. Okay, can we just, like, edit back to the part where I come in? Yes, I can. Thank you. Okay, so this is from little baby panda, pronouns he, him, who says, trigger warning, self-harm. She, her. Oh, oh my goodness, it's the blue name. But yeah, it's the blue from the patron roll. Uh, <laughs> right, take okay, take three. Take three. Take, take three. <laughs>